Adam, you covering sports, obviously, here for such a long time, being an alum, being a local. How important do you think at this point is it? Because we have all said this, that, hey, especially to the fans of UNLV basketball, hey, those times are over. Those Tarkanian days are over. But the legacy and the rich history of the basketball program, how important do you think the next athletic director, how important is it for that next athletic director to understand and embrace and still somewhat get in those ties of those old school, the basketball ties that are still around because they are still out there booster-wise. Um, do they somewhat need to recognize and, and, and get in touch with those people and still have a, have a sort of the, know the nuances of what UNLV basketball meant to this town and still does to a degree? Yeah, but that, that's secondary. I mean, like, that is important for, you know, building your fan base and building all those things. Like, of course, like that, that would make a lot of sense right. to start getting people back and to start saying, hey, like, Kevin Kruger is part of the family and, like, let's embrace the past and everything else, get people to come out to the games. Literally the only job of the next AD is to make sure they get in the power conference. It's literally their only Correct. job. Correct. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm with you. And, yeah. and in doing so, like you said, uh, reengaging the fan base and all that is, is very secondary. I think if you get the right exposure in the right conference, uh, start getting on par with some of those bigger programs on the West Coast, then the fans will come back one way or the other. There you go. Check out Sam Gordon, all of his work in the Review Journal. What do you have coming up? I'm sure it's something like we're talking about here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just going to keep my, my thumb on the pulse of the UNLV situation. You know, we're out here at Summer League, a lot of good basketball in town, so I'll be around this week. Uh, got some boxing stuff coming up, so you're going to have to tune in to ReviewJournal.com. There you go. And at by Sam Gordon up on Twitter. Come back. Big Five. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at Five. Number five. We are back here at the Thomas and Mac, getting getting you everything you need to know about summer league that's going on as we are uh, checking it all out and uh, watching some hoops, seeing the folks, some people watching. There's a good time out here for sure. Wasn't a good time for a guy sitting behind the Colorado Rockies uh, plate yesterday. I actually saw not an interview with him, but a reporter who was quoting some things that uh, this guy said he didn't want to go public, but man, what a saga that was going on here. So if you haven't seen what happened, anybody watching the Rockies game uh, on the the AT&T channel uh, where the Rockies are on heard a very loud and somewhat clear shout from the fan right behind home plate and you saw him kind of making a, a signal making a gesture and then heard something screamed and everyone was convinced that he had just screamed out the n-word right and the batter was lewis brinson for the marlins who is african-american and the guy was sitting right behind home plate and people went nuts of course as they should if somebody yelled that out at a player uh, from behind home plate. But here's the problem. He didn't yell it. Now, he let's before we even get into this discussion, he 100% did not say it. He didn't. That's right. Absolutely not. But I'm going to tell you this. Even knowing he didn't say it, even knowing the truth of what happened, it still sounds like it. It does. I've listened to it. Like a hundred times today. Yeah. I would, I know that it's not, and I would still bet that it was. Right. It's crazy what it sounded like. But here's what happened. 
this man was trying to get the attention of the Rockies mascot. He was trying to call him over so he can get a, a photo with the family. The Rockies mascot name is Dinger. Right. And so he's gesturing to Dinger. And he, as he yelled it out, it sounds like it. And, and there also is the fact that this guy has, he talks a little bit weird apparently because the reporter talked to the guy. He pronounces it Dinger. Wow, and I actually know people that go hard G on some on words like that. Sure, and so he, the, the reporter's like he said he said Dinger like ten times and it was Dinger every yeah, time, every time. And that's I, I have people in my family who overpronounce the NG in words. This it's very unfortunate that this happened and that this guy was just attacked, even though you know he nobody really knows who he is at this point because people saw him on TV, they saw the clip. And apparently they called him and texted him and said, what are you doing? What's wrong with you? It sucks when the Twitter mob goes crazy. But listen, if he would have said it, then he deserved it if people went after him. But I do know what the situation is. And he's like, I'm not going to do interviews. I don't want people to know that this was me, even, if, even though I didn't say it. If he would have said it, he wouldn't have made it out of the stadium. And the responses that I had heard, the first story that I read, and then the second story, there were more people that were interviewed or quoted defending him sitting in the general vicinity, immediately saying that he said he was calling out the Rockies mascot. If he did not say that and he said what the audio makes leads you to believe he said, I believe that there would have been triple, quadruple the amount of people that were commenting on what he actually said and saying, no, he did say this. And like I said, I don't believe, you know, are there people that are that brash that would yell that? Probably, but I don't know about in the middle of a stadium. Oh, I do. I've said this. I, I was at I was at a game, and I won't get into it again because I don't want to rehash it, but I was at a game where I heard many, many people yelling that word at a certain player um and it was repulsive and disgusting and i thought the biggest indictment was that nobody did go after them that nobody did say anything now i was i guess i could be implicated as well but i was working so there's really like i it's not like i was gonna go like fight somebody how long ago was it uh 2018 2017 2018 so fast forward to where we're at now i i just think and i agree with you i mean they're, they're probably still out there but i just it's the way that the societal climate is, it's just you, you, to, to, for someone to actually be, you know, well, obviously it's disgusting to think that way, but to want to stand up and, and yell something like that would be disgusting. And I feel bad for the guy because I think that there may be people out there that still honestly, no, 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 I know what I heard. And I know what I heard. Like, you can see on the video, he's gesturing toward to the, the, mascot. the mascot. Right. So, like, I, I don't, and also, Listen, it's disturbing on its own. If he would, the way he is saying it, like so casually, it's so like joyfully, right? Like because he, because again, when you call a mascot over, you're like, hey, buddy, here's the mascot. Like you're so happy to be. If he was that happy and and yelling it and be being so casual about it, there really would be some problems. And you know, for those, I mean, I don't know how out of the listeners, in case you're you don't know, but obviously, Dinger is a nickname for a home run sure. and Colorado's one of the 
most lethal home offenses. They're actually one of the worst on the road, but at home in that thin air, you know, they are lethal. They are potent. But my question is this, with, with all the changes that we've seen over the last year with a lot of different movements and changes to certain things and statues and this, that, do the Rockies turn around and say, wow, do we need to change the name no. of the mascot? <laughs> Just ask Change the name of Dinger? Just because somebody says Dinger? Well, <laughs> the ridiculousness of, of, you know, it's just you never know. It's just to protect themselves. I, I, I agree. Like, some things are over the top of ridiculous, but we, we do have these discussions all the time. Yeah. And I do believe that for the most part, when things are, again, there is exceptions. There's plenty of exceptions. For the most part, when things are changed or, or people want change for something, there is legitimate reasons behind it. This one would this would not fall into that category. I I myself would be outraged if they try to change the name of Dinger. I don't I don't I don't want that happening. Number four. Look at that! Look at our expert communication. Mags on his first day gets it. I just have to stop talking. He knows how to play the next one. Uh, Yesterday was the Hall of Fame ceremony. Actually, Saturday and Sunday were the Hall of Fame ceremonies in the NFL, the Pro Football Hall of Fame, because uh, we had the last two years of nominees to put in or, or inductees to put in. Uh, yesterday was the big one for uh, for Raiders fans as Charles Woodson and Tom Flores went in. I will say I watched uh, clips of each of them. The rest of them I didn't really watch. Yeah. Uh, I have talked before. Like The Hall of Fame is cool. Like It's a really good... Uh, it's a really amazing moment for all these guys, but it's usually not anything I particularly get fired up about. I, I think Charles Woodson was great in the parts that I watched. Flores was great in the parts I watched. Everybody was was good, uh, but it sounds like you watched it. I, I didn't. I watched when I got home. I watched the. You know, I turned it on and just started watching, and then when I was done, actually filing my story. Um, on yesterday's events at Allegiant, I stopped watching. But um, as a long-standing Dallas Cowboy fan since 1976, I was—I love Drew Pearson um, and his speech and watching him get inducted because obviously, the, I mean, he was part of that original offense that I watched growing up with Staubach and Tony Dorsett and Tony Hill, and he mentioned all them, and of course the great Tom Landry. Um, I got to watch Tom um, Tom Flores. And, um, and then I watched highlights later of, of Woodson's speech. So, um, oh, and I was actually, I was still on. I, was, I had it still on when Peyton and they did and they booed uh, Tom Brady. And, yeah. and he announced him and they've been having, well, there's, fun. There's they've been also, having fun all week. You know, Brady made a comment that he was going to be there because he wanted to make sure that he was done for good. Right. Uh, and there was also and people were kind of wondering about this. Like, wait, why did they boo him? There was a lot of Raiders fans there. And yeah. Charles Woodson, one of his most famous plays, uh, for better or worse. I mean, he had a lot of great plays, of course, but he was the one that sacked Tom Brady on the famous tuck rule. Yep. And so there was a lot of Charles Woodson fans, a lot of Raiders fans there. That's why Tom Brady was booed. Uh, for those that were wondering, like, what? I mean, Tom Brady is certainly polarizing from fans that have been beaten by him, but why the boos? That's why. It was Raiders fans. Uh, they were upset with Tom Brady, which, to me, makes some sense. Absolutely. I mean, it's it still comes up. It's still talked about. It's still if, a, it's still an issue. If you had to make a Hall of Fame speech, would you cry? Me? Yeah. Absolutely. If I was inducted into any kind of Hall of Fame, like 
whatever it may be with what I do, I definitely, I'm a softie when it comes to stuff like that. Thanking people or whatever. I mean, after a long career, I probably would get choked up. I, w- I think, I mean, I would if I tried to do it normal. Like, if I tried to actually give a speech about, like, oh, you know, this person helped me and like, all the struggle. But I definitely wouldn't do that. I would just, be, it would be a joke the whole time. It would just be you would make it joke after oh yeah, yeah. joke after Puns joke. And- you know, so just so I wouldn't have to go through that. I'm not I'm gonna stand up there and cry. I talk yeah. about it all the time. I cry about the dumbest things ever. I'm not gonna do that on the national stage. Right. <laughs> I would melt down. No, I think if if you know, it, I guess it depends on the speech you write and the direction that you take it. And this gentleman's about to go into the women's room. Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> Uh-oh. So, uh oh. So let's give the update here. He's gonna be in here. He's oh, oh, oh whoa. Okay, you, you got it. Dude. Whoa! Uh, he's, <laughs> he he's came gone. out laughing. He, he came out. He knew. He picked <laughs> it up right away. Good uh, for him. Uh oh. Time out. Oh no. Look who's here. Are we gonna break down? Are we gonna stop and break might, down the I big might, five? You know what? I might start crying right now. Here's my speech. Well, you said you were gonna cry. Oh no! No hugs. Well, no, it's, that doesn't. That violates no, protocol. No, you're here. We need to. We need are you? Are you talking to us? Are you? Yeah, we need to. No, no. You don't have to go. We're on the air. We're talking. We need to say hello. We need you to say hello to your fans. Yes, Absolutely. jump on. Jump, jump on. on. We're abandoning the rest of the Big Five right now. That's it. Because we talked about all the major celebrities we've seen today, all the NBA players, all the and the superstars in the sports world. But the biggest one and of now, all is here. This weird lady. Ladies and gentlemen. She needs no introduction. <laughs> but Stormy Bonatoni sits down with us. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you guys? We are good. You look like you're having a blast. Uh, biggest loss for the Golden Knights this offseason. Oh. <laughs> Mark andre Fleury, Ryan Reeves, Stormy Bonatoni. Which which one is first? I think you. No, um, it was hilarious, though, just seeing um, some of the comments come down saying, like, first Mark andre then Revo. Now this, I can't take much more this week. It was a tough week, but I appreciate everybody was really, really positive and nice, which meant a lot. What a, I mean, you obviously had a great run and people loved you and uh, loved checking you out on TV. What's your, what's your biggest lasting memory of your time with the Knights? Oh my gosh, there are so many, but I will say just because it's so top of mind while we were sitting here watching NBA Summer League games today, that one of my fondest memories was when we were on the road, myself and a couple of the other broadcasters, Dave Gosher, Shane Knighty, and Gary Lawless, we're all watching a morning skate on the road, and Mark Stone screams up from the ice, Gary, flashlight, flashlight. So Gary Lawless had the flashlight on his phone going, and Mark Stone screamed up in the middle of a morning skate for Gary to turn it off. But little things like that I'll miss a lot for sure. It was such a, a crazy time that you were there. I mean, you, you were there for it seemed like 10 years I'm sure to you it probably did too there was so many things that happened from on the ice to off the ice just was it was it like stressful going through it looking back we were like all these crazy you didn't even know if there was gonna be seasons you didn't know if there was gonna be games you didn't know where you're gonna be it had to be a tough time yeah it was definitely a unique experience but one that I will honestly cherish forever this has been such an incredible journey that I got to be a small 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 cog in the grand scheme of things of everything that I love about this organization but yeah it was definitely tough it's crazy to think that in my two years as the Golden Knights ringside reporter I never got through like an actual full normal 82 game season like that's just insane I feel like to think about um, I was actually texting Pete DeBoer uh, he was you know wishing me luck in my next endeavor and everything and he was really kind I was like it's just so crazy I like wasn't even around for a full season of yours <laughs> It is nuts. I think the cool thing that 
for me to be able to see knowing you for as long as I have, and you know, from your days in the Mountain West and then moving on and then coming home, is that because of that, especially last season, is tapping into so many of your talents. Whereas if you did have two regular seasons, you'd have been the ringside reporter and we'd have seen you, you know, in the capacity that you did. But last season in jumping on the dais and, and having to, you know, in between periods from the studios and, and um, the way that you did your research and, and learning about the hockey and, and sort of becoming that reporter again and so many different um, talents that you had that you were able to put to work with this job that and you had. And test out, honestly, <laughs> because who knew? They could have thrown me on the desk and it could have been just disastrous, <laughs> but very appreciative of those opportunities. And yeah, definitely, like I wouldn't have gotten the opportunity to do a lot of that studio work had it not been for us, you know, broadcasting from Mackenzie River when we needed to and doing those unique things. And especially this past season, I was the only regional reporter in the NHL that got to travel with their team. So that was another just really unique experience. That was, you mentioned the difficulties of it, Adam. That was another bear in itself that I think a lot of people didn't really realize. And I know I expressed to you guys when I would come on air um, for Cofield and Co. Uh, occasionally that not being able to go to grocery stores for the majority of the season or go to a gym or do whatever like normal people typically do see my family um i didn't get to do most of the year but it was all for you know great cause a pursuit of a stanley cup and got pretty close so really cool to to be a part of a run that ultimately it came a little bit short but a very very fun ride no doubt it would have been you know a cool experience i'm sure for you no matter what no matter what team it was and being a part of it but to be in Las Vegas, like you're a Las Vegas, it's not like you just came here for the team. Like you're a Las Vegas person, and to be here with pro sports, which growing up here never thought we'd have. No, I never did. <laughs> I'm such a nerd about it. It's and, and to, awesome. To be able to experience this and, and be a part of this had to be extra special for you just to have it happen here. Well, yeah, because even when I just found out that we were getting a team. I was nerding out about it. You know what I mean? Like, I was just like, oh, my gosh, whenever any of their gear comes out, that's priority one. I still have this Vegas-born T-shirt from year one that's just tattered at this point that is, like, my most prized possession, though. I have it hanging up in my sports room now. Um, It just – it meant so much for – the team to take a chance on the hometown girl. And I said that in my little note when I um, ultimately announced that I was resigning, but like, it was so important to me. It, it means the world that they were willing to give me a shot, a girl who had zero hockey experience on her resume. Um, and for the community to embrace me the way that they did is really, really special. And it it's cool when, when you love a community as much as you do and you did grow up in it and it is something you love and for, for, for me to ultimately, at the end of the day, get the reception that I always dreamed of um, to work for my hometown team and for the community to enjoy my work meant the world. So you, you, uh, you are out here at Summer League today. Yes. Have you seen anything interesting, anything fun as you've observed some basketball? Well, you know I love my Mountain West guys, so uh, <laughs> I feel bad because I'm here with uh, my boyfriend who's a big Charlotte Hornets fan, and so we wanted to come you know cheer on the hornets newbies but nehemiah's kata out there just making them all look bad in that game so uh no it's been fun it's just been i i actually have never been to summer league before so it's just cool for me to get out here and experience a little bit of hoops before you know things start getting crazy here is it true that you that you left the golden knights to be the new unlv ad oh god that's rough right (laughs) No, no, that rumor is You're not true. You're out of true. the running. 
That rumor is not true. I'm not okay. going to the SEC either. Okay, <laughs> but, that's good. Good to know. Uh, yeah, what? Yeah, you can give me the inside scoop on that. What's on the horizon for UNLV athletics? I mean, we'll find out. I I still think Long Kruger should do it, but he said that's he's told everything. Us, All I see on Twitter is everyone like Long Kruger it's in. Tough. It's tough for two reasons. One. He retired to, to retire. Like, he wants to just play golf and watch UNLV basketball games, which he could do if he well, wants to. Well, and he wants to, like, support his son, right? What if well, you ultimately have to fire your son? That, and that's the other part. The first question. I mean, that's not what we're thinking about, No, but though. the first question would have to be, if it came to it, would you fire your son? I'm sure what he would say is, I'd resign and just let whoever came into it. But it's, it'd be a tough spot. But a lot of candidates out there. It's not going to be Stormy. We know that. Sorry. Sorry to disappoint. Yeah, I know that that was, you know, That'd where everyone was going with it. be great. <laughs> So, obviously, the burning question everyone wants to know, we're not going to put you on the spot, but when can we anticipate you breaking? Breaking news reporter. Hopefully soon. Hopefully I can announce what my full-time gig is soon. But I can say, I know a lot of people have been reaching out to me just asking if I'm going to be doing college football again. And, yes, I will be doing college football again for ESPN this fall. So that's part of the breaking news that I'm allowed to say. <laughs> I will tell you this, you know what, here's what's crazy. So I am not, ever since I stopped covering boxing way back in the early 90s when I first started reporting, I'm not a combat sports guy. I've never really followed UFC. I know who the, I mean, like the original guys and stuff, but it's expanded. Adam is, you know, I've always said one of the best. So I texted him immediately the other day. I was like, hey, is that who I thought it was that I just heard? Is that is that her new gig? Is she with UFC? And he was like, no, that was, that's, who was it? I <laughs> she's making a leave. She's yeah, always on the Yeah, market. who's like literally yeah. always but, on it. But I'm sitting there at this. And she's doing NFL this year again, yeah. too. I'm, I'm at a friend's birthday party. I was like, I, I think that's, that sounds like Stormy. And the other guy, he watches all the Gold Knights. Teams. I think it was, too. I said, I got to text my guy. Hang on a second. What a compliment. Yeah. Thank you. People I are freaking out. That. They want to know. Uh, but, yes, follow Stormy on social media. She'll tell you yeah. where she's going next. I will say, I watched Cornhole the other day. You weren't on it. I it got a lot a of texts about that, too. But they did have Marty and McGee on there, and I I actually texted my guy over at the ACL, the American Cornhole League, and said congratulations to all of you that you have officially upgraded in a big way. They have just, big shoes to fill. Just to have a guy at the ACL is very impressive. Oh, that's, I've got a couple. Cool. I've got a couple. Yeah, I've got impressive. the hookup at the American Cornhole League. Don't be too jealous, Adam. It's okay. When they come to town, I'll see if I one can day. get you a spot. One day. One day. Well, Stormy Bonhody, we appreciate it. You've been a great friend of the show. You'll continue to be. You're not going anywhere. You're, you're yeah, not retired. Bug me anytime. Yeah, you're not retired. You're still around. You'll be doing some things. And we'll hear about it very soon. So we look forward to that. Yes. Thank we you guys lo- we so love much. You, this was such a. I was just coming over to give you guys a hug and say hi. This we're, is so nice. We were just. It didn't sound like we were on the air, but we were. We were just right. talking well, about nothing. Well, especially because I roll up and Willie's like, hey, what's well, going on? But I guess ha- that's part of what's cool about it this. It is, setup. but what had happened, honestly, is that we were in the middle of some very important discussions. Oh, no. And then a guy walked into the women's room. Yes. Oh. Right here. And then so we were just went off the rails. So then yeah, it would just, we spiral. This whole and thing has just. As you know, we're easily distracted. Well, I'm going to hop off here, go into the we men's are. room, we're going, see what's perfect. happening. Perfect. And well, we're. <laughs> We're you stepping know, away anyway. Just so you know, if you do go in there, you'll see that Ryan Reeves is still the spokesperson for the yes, Water District. Yes, he is. Oh, there That's we been go. a topic on the show today as well. Uh, Stormy Bonatoni, we appreciate it. Good friend of the show. We'll see you again soon. Uh, we'll be back. We'll continue the discussion. UNLV Athletic Director Search is on now. It is Cofield and Company here from the concourse of the Thomas & Mack NBA Vegas Summer League in full swing. Celebrities are everywhere. We just had one sit down with us, Norma Bonatoni. Great stuff from her, uh, as always, and good to see that she's uh, doing well and getting ready for her next job. I will say, off the air, we asked her about the 
apple pie hot dog? She's in. She said she's in. Yeah. I have a feeling our next guest maybe would have been in like three years ago. Maybe not. Arash Markazi joins us here on Cofield and Company. Adam Hill, Willie Ramirez in for Steve Cofield. Arash, what's going on, man? Not much, guys. How are you? We are good. Uh, Guy Fieri, apple pie hot dog. It's an apple pie crust with a hot dog, bacon jam, apple pie filling, and sugar on it. Are you in? Uh, as you mentioned, I would have been in on that big time three years ago, mainly for the gram, as you know, <laughs> Madam and Willie. You know that 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 is I I do it for the people, I do it for the gram, and so even if it doesn't taste good, I remember when the Dodgers were in the World Series in 2017, I had every crazy food that they put together on the menu, really just for the gram. Now, now wait a minute, Ross. So, so that being said, with your new fitness craze. And the inspiration you become to many, these the numerous dishes around the West Coast that have been named after you, can you rightfully still endorse them? Well, you- that's a great question, Willie. I will try my sandwich once a year, so I will <laughs> not have it on a regular basis, but the uh, Arash Markazi sandwich at Ike, you can get it in Las Vegas, plug there. Um, <laughs> listen, I'm going to try that like once or twice a year. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Uh, I was going to introduce you with your uh, your credits, but dude, you're everywhere. Like, where should I even say? I, follow him at Arash Markazi on Twitter. Where can people find you now? Well, so I got the radio show on 1090 here in Los Angeles. Uh, it's also on Spotify. I got a column on Substack. It seems like everyone's on Substack these days. <laughs> and WWE, I'll be working uh, with them like once or twice a month. So yeah, doing a little bit of everything, guys. Now that last one, I mean, out of everything, you love L.A. You're you're a guy. I mean, those are some of my favorite posts. Is when you, you know, this time twenty years ago, this your your pictures from USC, your pictures as a kid in Lakers jerseys. But that was kind of neat because I could feel the vibe of how excited you were with the WWE stuff when you started when you latched on and started doing that. How has that been? Oh, that's been such a dream come true. Like, I never thought, like, I would have a chance to be doing, like, these sit-down interviews with their uh, talent and going to see these shows. And the cool thing about it is, I mean, you know, they told me, like, we don't want you to be a character. We're, we're not going to change your name. You don't have a common name. We're not going to change it. We're not going to give you a script. We just want you to come in here and talk to our talent. And it's been a blast. And so, you know, I've been going to Florida twice a month for that. Now they're back on the road. SummerSlam will be in Las Vegas, as you guys well know. So, a really, truly a dream come true. Is the Junkyard Dog still a thing? I don't really follow no, it. He's not. He's, <laughs> okay. He has sadly passed away. Yeah. Oh, no. No Coco Beware, either? Coco is alive, but he's now not, he's not with the company. Okay. Um, Adam, we do have to get you out to SummerSlam so you can see all the new talent that, that we have there. Uh, I, I will say this, Arash. My, I think my most proud moment because my friends are so jealous and angry at me. Becky Lynch follows me on Twitter. Whoa, that is a big follow. I know. That's a really big follow. I know. Now, I don't want to compare to yours. I'm sure there's, like, every celebrity in the world. But that was a big one for me because my friends were so jealous. So that's all that really matters in the world. Uh, but I think I will be at SummerSlam. We'll come check it out uh, with you. Um, more importantly, I guess not maybe nor, not more importantly, but on a separate note, how do you feel about the Lakers in their moves? Are they a contender now? I do like the moves. I think I like them more than most just because I, I really believe a lot of these big names are coming here uh, with one goal in mind. And I know it's cliche to say that, but 
when you're Carmelo, right, and this is like your 19th season, you're not trying to be a starter. You're not trying to, you know, uh, win most valuable player. You're just here to find out where you fit in and win a championship. And Russell Westbrook, by the way, you know, like everyone's talking about him, he's on his fourth team in four years. I think he's been humbled. I think he realizes he's coming back home. He's coming back to Los Angeles. And he, he just has one goal in mind, and he wants to win a title. So we'll see how all the pieces fit together. They're not a young team, obviously, but they're not built to win multiple championships. They are really, truly built to win one championship. And I think if they do, and I'm not joking when I say this, I mean, half the team may call it a career. I, I, I could see Carmelo calling it a career. I could see Mark Gasol calling it a career. I could see Dwight Howard. I mean, I think if they find a way to play together for the next 10 months, and win a title. I mean, I think four or five guys may retire. Of course, I mean, injuries can happen. We can't predict that. Uh, you know, th- there's a lot of unknowns. But let's just say the roster stays together, everybody stays healthy. Could this go wrong? Like, could the chemistry, could the mix, could the dynamic go wrong on this team? Oh, 100%. I mean, I am of the belief that they're going to check their, like, egos at the door and we're not going to get the same players that we've seen previously. Uh, but if Westbrook isn't happy with his role, if Carmelo doesn't like getting like five minutes a night, if Dwight's not the same player as he was when they won a championship, yeah, this could totally go south. But, you know, I'm more concerned about health. You know, because when, when, when people talk about that Carmelo and Terry Payton team, they always think it's a failure. And I always view that team as like, that team got to the finals, and if Carmelo is healthy, I think they at least pushed that series to six or seven games, and we'll see what happens. But Health is what my more I'm more concerned about health. Hmm. Uh, has, has you, I mean, at that age, you probably should be. That should be maybe the biggest concern. Uh, I'm also concerned that the fans are going to abandon the Lakers with no Alex Caruso out there. Listen, that was a big loss, and I did not fully understand that because I think he was a player that when you're getting him for like less than nine million a year, which they could have had him at, like that's not. Uh, uh, like, uh, you know, that's, that's a good deal, and I think that's a contract you could have flipped if you wanted to. Listen, the fans are past that. They, they were very bummed. They were going at Genie Bus pretty hard on Twitter. They've moved on. I mean, when you look at the, the talent that they've assembled on this team, they are so stacked. So I, I think the fans were bummed for one day, but the day have moved on. Arash Markazi with us. Follow him up on Twitter at Arash Markazi so you can see all of his many credits. Arash, so if, and if we can transition keep it on the focus in la but uh next week our uh beat the las vegas raiders they will be transitioning for an inter-squad practice leading up to a scrimmage with the uh um, the rams with the rams so um tell us a little bit about the rams and then uh you know what you've seen and what we can expect when these two get together because adam reported that there was the first skirmish out at the Raiders practice. We saw Aaron Donald get into one. Um, what are you seeing out there with that team? The new look, new QB, and what we can expect next week when the Raiders come to town. Yeah, so I was actually at that Cowboys-Rams scrimmage, and it was packed. I mean, there were so many fans there, and I would expect the same to be the case with the Rams and the Raiders, the two most popular teams in Los Angeles. I mean, I think Matthew Stafford is a quarterback as Sean McVay has wanted for quite some time. No knock on Jared Goff, but he's just not the same quarterback talent-wise as, uh, as Manassas Stafford. So Sean McVay is really thrilled. I like the offense. I like what they have. They are a very good 
team when you get to the, to the starters. They are not a very deep team. So my one concern with them is that if someone goes down, they are not a particularly deep team. But if you're asking for something to watch for, there was a couple of really big fights <laughs> during the scrimmage, and I would expect the same thing to happen. Listen, guys are tired of seeing the same faces every single day in practice. I think they're very much looking forward to uh, a new team coming to practice against, and things happen, and, and it gets hot, and it gets testy, and so I would expect to see more of that when the silver and black comes to town. I saw people excited to be uh, at SoFi for a Chargers practice as well. I saw a lot of people posting that on Twitter. Um, I assume Rams games are going to be pretty full at SoFi. What is it going to look like for a Chargers game? You know, the amazing thing is that the, that the Chargers told me that they are close to selling 50,000 season tickets. So those are tickets will, will will be sold for all the games. As you guys well know, I expect every Chargers game to be sold out. What percentage of those fans are for the opposing team? Uh, I think we, we both know it's going to be pretty high for the opposing team. So uh, I, I, I think the big thing is so many people in Los Angeles and around the country want to see SoFi Stadium, $5 billion facility, home of the Rams and home of the Chargers. The beautiful thing about the Chargers, if, if you're not a big fan, uh, you could get a ticket for a quarter of the price. So I think you're, you're, it, the Chargers games will be full. I don't know. And I, when I say I, I don't know, quite, quite candidly, it will not be full of Chargers fans, but it will be full of actual human beings. So that, that's a plus. How, how do you expect, you know, a lot of talk around here is, you know, traffic and parking and all that. And I, I often say, Listen, in the NFL, you're going to have parking and traffic issues for games on Sundays. That's just how it is. Uh, how is it going to be at SoFi when there's actually people there and there's actually people pouring in? I was down in the area. I mean, I know we've seen, you know, in the in the past, Lakers games and concerts right next door at the Forum. But uh, to have a stadium with that many people and L.A. traffic as it normally is, what's it going to look like on game day? It's going to look really bad. I mean, they, they keep saying that, you know, back in the day when they had a game at the Forum and at Hollywood Park, they've never had 75 or 100,000 people there at the same time. So I, I think um, just like it was at SoFi for, for the first event, the first concert, it's going to be a, a train wreck. So we're going to have the first actual game, not practice, this Saturday, Chargers-Rams, appropriately enough, are going to have a preseason game. That'll be their first test, and it'll be a learning curve, no doubt, because they don't know like Ubers and Lyfts won't know where to go. People won't know where to park. So it's going to be a train wreck at the beginning. The place is amazing, though. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> the interesting thing, guys, I mean, it was built for $5 billion. So when people want us to compare Allegiant and SoFi, it's a little bit different. I mean, Allegiant's beautiful, like, as well. But uh, SoFi is extremely unique, and I would recommend anyone who hasn't had a chance to make the drive with a flight over. It's, it's, a, it's very, very unique. All right, all right. So we got to hit the trifecta. The Dodgers made some moves. Um, we saw a Las Vegas kid end up with its rival up in San Francisco. Chris Bryant ends up up there. A lot of people expected the Padres to be challenging, but it's been the Giants and the Dodgers battling it out. How do you see this? Uh, and, of course, this is, there's a lot of Dodger fans in this town, has been for quite some time. Um, how do you see the season w- uh, wrapping up? And, and w- as it winds down, did the Dodgers make the right moves? I think that they did. I mean, they, the acquisition of Max Scherzer was amazing. I mean, obviously, you knew Trevor Bauer was not going to come back. I mean, that that was just not going to happen. And so when they made the move for Max Scherzer, 
They also add Cole Hamels. I mean, they've, they've moved on. And I was at that game when, when Max Scherzer made his debut, 10 strikeouts, just an amazing performance. And so they have been hurt. They are trending to get healthier. A, a, a nice couple wins uh, against the uh, Angels. Um, I like them to win the division. I think Las Vegas agrees. I think they win the division. I think they go on to win the World Series. I mean, you know, the problem, guys, is like when you played in the World Series almost every single year and you've won the division 10 years in a row, the regular season, a 162-game season, just becomes like a really long road, and you, you don't play up to your potential. But I think now we're on the stress run here. We'll find a way. They're getting healthier. They're going to win the division, and I like them to win the World Series. Arash, so we've been throwing some names around. We've been throwing some candidates. Um, big move uh, yesterday with Desiree Reeve Francois. Um, you know, you've been labeled as the mayor of this town at times. Are we throwing your <laughs> name in the ring for athletic director of UNLV? Listen, I like to make a big swing for the fences. I mean, Las Vegas is a big name town, and the stars drive that town, as you guys well know. Um, you guys will know who will actually do a better job. But I would go after a really big name. Listen, I was very critical of USC for hiring big-name guys like Lynn Swan and Mike Garrett and guys like that. I do think in a town like Las Vegas that has become new, the, the, the new epicenter of sports, um, you got to go big. And I don't know who's out there that, that, that would fit that bill, but you got to get someone that someone who's not from Las Vegas would instantly know who that person is. So, Arash Markazi. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> me. Me for God's that's, that's what I thought. Yes, of course. Uh, follow him up on Twitter at Arash Markazi. He's got uh, everything he's doing up there. Make sure to follow him along. And even on the WWE, what a what a coup for them to, to secure <laughs> your talents. The new Mean Gene Oakland, is that fair to say? I would Whoa. love that. I love it, yes. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, thanks, as always, man. We appreciate it. We'll see you soon. Thanks, guys. See ya. Yep. Great stuff from him, as always. We'll come back, wrap things up. Grab bag. Cofield and Company on a Monday. Cofield and Company presents... Grab bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, wrapping things up. Cofield and Company on this Monday here from the NBA Summer League. Everybody's here, spotting folks all over the place here. A good time for all. Make sure you get down here uh, throughout the summer league. Check out some of the games and uh, just hang out, walk around the concourse, do some people watching. Two local hoopers. We talked about Lady Rebels earlier with Sam and, and Ben and, and the grand slam that uh, Desiree made in hiring Lindy LaRockwell. Essence Booker, superstar, who is returning home after going to play at UNR and uh, Ball State. She's now coming home to play for the Lady Rebels. And Ray Burrell, who, when she graduated, I uh, I wrote a story and I sort of argued she was the player, the best player in the state. She plays for the University of Tennessee, so they are here. Ray's boyfriend playing for the Clippers, so just said hi to them. It's a decent program, Tennessee. Pretty good. Not bad. Uh, also, the uh, there was a couple of representatives from Metro out here earlier. They are uh, promoting a three-on-three youth basketball tournament coming up on September 25th, 8 a.m. Uh, here on the campus of UNLV at the Student Recreation and Wellness Center. Uh, check out snybt.com. It's free. Age divisions for 6 to 8, 9 to 10, and 11 to 12 for the youth three-on-three tournaments. The 
Metro Safe Neighborhood Youth 8th Annual 3-on-3 Basketball Tournament. Uh, I think some of the Lady Rebels will be out there. There'll be tours of the campus for some of the kids. And uh, they were just telling me about it. It's a really, really good cause, actually trying to show them the benefits of, of athletics and uh, what it can do for you in your life. So check that out, snybt.com. Free 3-on-3 Youth Basketball Tournament coming up on September 25th. If you happen to be out here, 33 to 34 portals, 32, they're, they're, they're going to be out here, it looks like. So check out there. They got all the information. For sure. Uh, didn't really fully finish our uh, UNLV athletic director conversation. Uh, Desiree moves on. I know we talked to Sam Gordon about it earlier. Uh, I don't know. I think that there's going to be some some very interesting candidates. Again, I think it's different than in the past. In the past, there are certain guys, I think, locally in particular that would be very interested in the job that I think would be good candidates for the job if the job was a traditional athletic director job where hey come in uh build relationships with the community raise funds that's your job as athletic director not really the case here it's a different it's a different era it's a different time the only job of the new athletic director is to get UNLV into a major conference it's almost like when we talked about when Arroyo was hired that he doesn't have to do anything but win the facilities built you're now going to play in the stadium programs in place you know everything's in place for you to just come in and and do what you need to do and that's to create a winning program this athletic director doesn't have to do any of that doesn't have to fundraise for you know the the uh you know the the two sports it's it's there for the way it's there the facilities are in place obviously you just need to get this team get this excuse me team get this school get this program into a power five conference we'll see who is tasked to do that? A big decision coming up for the UNLV administration uh, as they get set to embark on an AD search. Uh, yes, it was kind of surprising to a lot of people involved that it happened yesterday, but we talk about this all the time. When you are in a position of power on, an, on a campus, whether it's as an AD, whether it's as a coach, whether it's as an administrator, uh, you always have kind of a short list, at least in mind, of where you'll go. So I'm sure the, li- the list is already kind of formulated, I'm sure they'll do a search, find some new candidates, maybe some people will emerge you didn't think might be interested, and uh, they will do their best to find that person. But to me, like I said, it's got to be somebody with a lot of connections and some major conferences, especially the Pac-12. I think that's the most likely target uh, where you want to get into uh, a major conference before things break off. Uh, that should be the goal for uh, the new administration here at UNLV. Uh, let's see. Are there a couple other things to go into? I was wondering if it was going to happen. Uh, the Michael Thomas situation in New Orleans is getting ugly. Uh, Michael Thomas, wide receiver for the Saints. Uh, if you don't know the background of the story, I think a lot of people do, but uh, Michael Thomas was apparently told by his doctors and by the team doctors back in January right after the season that he was going to need surgery. He waited until June to get his surgery, and now he will miss the start of the season. Sean Payton was visibly angry when discussing it during a press conference. Uh, Mickey Loomis, GM, was a little bit more diplomatic in what he said, but right now it, it, has, it appears to have gotten to a point where this might not be salvageable. Now, of course, anything in the end 
is salvageable. They can keep him around. Of course, he's one of the better receivers in the league. Uh, they don't have any, you know, there's no nothing forcing them to move on from Michael Thomas. He may demand a trade, and we'll see how that ends up playing out. Uh, but this situation is ugly. And, like, I, I get it on some level. I get why they're angry. Um, I also kind of get his side if you kind of read between the lines. Like, he hasn't said anything, but he has liked a couple of tweets that suggested his issue with the team is that they put his health at risk by not having him get surgery earlier because they wanted to hold out hope that he'd be able to help Drew Brees get a championship in his final year. And where he, they were like, okay, well, let's let's just throw everything else in the future away and try to get Drew Brees one last ring. And it seems like Michael Thomas is like, yeah, you're going to sacrifice all of us for that? Um, it seems to be the crux of the issue. Now, all of that being said, you could still get the surgery in January and have been recovered by the season. Uh, but it's going to get ugly on both sides, I think. It already has. Yeah. Because now you, it's turned to, you know, as you said, Peyton um, visibly upset. You've got Michael Thomas somewhat, I don't even know if it's subtweeting because he's basically putting it out there, but tweeting out words, they tried to damage your reputation. You saved theirs by not telling your side of the story. But in essence, we know your, both sides of the story to an extent. Um, and I don't know if at this point that you can salvage that sort of relationship. I think, you know, I mean, of course, we, we I think everybody said that about Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. How, how do you salvage this after everything? So who knows? But um, as you said, he's going to miss the start of the season. It's it's not uh, it's not an ideal situation. Um, obviously, both sides are unhappy. And, you know, when you're rebuilding an offense under, you know, after after a legendary quarterback, last thing you want is something like this with the star receiver, and and now there's somewhat of in a, in a predicament, not just in being shorthanded, but with having some off the field distractions. So, Kevin Durant and Draymond Green were drunk. Oh, the horror! Why is this a story? I don't. I don't even know. I, I don't get it. It's. It, it's being a story is okay because I also go back to, hey, Tom Brady was trashed at the Super Bowl parade and everybody laughed and joked about it for days. But for some reason, when KD and Draymond get drunk and celebrate their title, it's, it's, it's just an issue. it's an issue. Which, again, I've saw some people say, oh, nobody would even talk about it. No, people talked about it in the other case, but it was treated much differently. It was treated as funny and fun. Now it seems to be a problem that Durant and Draymond got drunk. And I'll take it, why, it a step further. I'll take it a step further. Um, why was it funny and okay when Alex Ovechkin, of course, was was oh these Russians uh, they drank that's yeah, what happened obviously schnockered with with vodka in the Stanley Cup the entire team the, at and, the Nationals game and the Lightning damaging the Stanley Cup yeah <laughs> yeah but all of a sudden it's an issue with KD and yeah. Dre it's it, it's preposterous that this is an issue who cares. They celebrated a title. They won. Uh, they were enjoying themselves as they should. And I think even more interesting to me, because I don't find it interesting at all that they were drunk. I don't care. Uh, more interesting to me is that they have used this to go full KD and just take shots at everybody, go on IG Live and start ripping people. Draymond clearly saved some tweets that people had sent about them not, you know, not being good enough and Team USA stinks and 
this is not the old days and they're not going to win a medal and all those. He saved them, retweeted them. KD did as well. Uh, I'm here for the bitterness and the pettiness. I love it. Absolutely. And, I, and, 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 and they have every right to. You know, if you're going to attack them and then they turn around and prove you wrong, why not? Yeah. I mean, if they, it, it, there's some people that say, well, they should be bigger than that or da da da. No, nah. well, you're attacking their character, you're attacking their talent. These are the world's greatest athletes. And let's go a step further that, you know, it's not, they're not inebriated, but I personally loved it. Um, I thought the celebration was fantastic. We're talking about gold medal celebration. Did you see the video of the women that Asia posted and them dancing? Yeah. And full-blown lyrics, right? No edited version. I loved it. I thought that was fantastic. I haven't heard anybody ridiculing them. I mean, they weren't drunk, but, you know, the dancing, the language and everything, but they were embracing the ladies. It was good stuff. Well, hopefully you guys can celebrate the end of this show. Get out there, get drunk, celebrate that we're done. Great, Twitter. great, great time today out here at the Summer League. Get on down here. Check out the action Trust me, even if you just walk around the concourse, it's fun. We've seen a lot of friends from around town, uh, some celebrities in the basketball world and beyond. Awesome stuff today. Thanks to Ben Goats and Sam Gordon from the Review Journal, my colleagues, for stopping by with us. Uh, Arash Markazi just joined us. Make sure you follow him Our girl uh, up on Twitter. Chris McLean, who covers the Panthers in Charlotte. Great stuff from him, as always. And Stormy Bonatoni for stopping by. What a great spot with her. Make sure you follow her on social media to find her next move. That'll do it for us from here. Steve Cofield back tomorrow. You guys can end the national nightmare.